Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? You know, I'm good. Really? It's, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's so nice to like come to the end of the year. This year was like a complete and total shit show. It, there was some disastrous points. I mean, a pandemic is never a fun thing. I mean, fair. But I think also, like, you and I have talked about it. We had a lot of really great, like, blessings and yeah. good things happen. Yeah. Like, a lot. I had a lot of positivity. Absolutely. Bought the house, got the puppy, still have my job. Sure. Health is still intact. Absolutely. Family is good. Things I mean, are good. We've been, we've been really blessed. We have been. And I think, you know, you and I work a lot to find the positivity, Mm -hmm. which sometimes is difficult because we've definitely had low points, shitty things happen. Yes. All this stuff. Yeah. There Um, have been hard parts of this year. Legit. I'm not going to Pollyanna this like whole fucking year and be like, it's okay. I mean, it's just pandemic. We don't candy coat anything. No. Um, but I think one of the cool things is that, uh, we have continued to make really great content. Yeah! Um, our last podcast was awesome, thanks to Erin. Thank you, Erin! Um, I've gotten some really good feedback. Awesome. Um, so that's been awesome. Um, and so here we are. It's been three weeks. You were not feeling great last time. I was not feeling good at all last week. So I had to cancel a few hours before podcast just on concerns of something's going weird on my body. Right. I don't want to make you sick just because we, uh, I don't know, hashtag pandemic. I mean, uh, right? But I figured out what was going on. Don't have the COVID. Good. Things are, are better. I'm feeling much better. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear Thank that. Thank you so much. Um... And so, yeah, like, this is going to be our last podcast of 2020. <gasps> I didn't realize that. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, I as we think about what we have been able to create, right, uh-huh. just in terms of the podcast, um, and also recognizing that, like, even in July when we had, like, hit our one-year mark, yeah. we have also hit our short-term goals. Well, yeah, we made a lot of short-term goals, and we've talked about them on the podcast, like getting onto other streaming sources, bringing in really awesome local guests. Absolutely. And I've loved all of our guests. A big thank you again to everyone who has come on the podcast. Absolutely. Future thank you to anyone who does come on the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) You know, I'm definitely in talks with people to come on. Um, we've grown our listenership, yep. which has been awesome. Thank you, all the people in Europe listening to us. That's really cool. Right? Or in South Africa or in Russia. like Awesome. I don't do our data, so I don't know all the specifics. It's very strange. I love this. But it's also really cool. So, um, you know, I think as we kind of wrap up the year, it's really awesome to look back and say, like, we, we did all the things we set out to do. I love it. And that's, I mean, we talk a lot about you and I are just like, we're good at life. Yep. We are uh, very goal oriented Mm -hmm. and we are doers. Yep. Get it done. That's not to say that it doesn't come with struggles, challenges, difficulties. Um, You know, this time of year is hard for both of us emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our self-talk has to be on point. Yeah. Because if not, we go right in the shitter. Yeah, down Um, the shit spiral. Absolutely. Um, And so we work hard on that every day. Absolutely. And I've been hustling my ass on that. This has been a trying... December started a trying month for me with the bad news of an ex passing. So, yeah, that was hard. But working on it every day. Yeah. 
every day. And so doing your fact checking, really kind of boosting yourself up, making sure that you are uh, managing the life that you have instead of kind of living in the past or holding on to something that didn't work out. Absolutely. I can't time warp into the past and change things. Nope. That's not an option. And not only that, but would you? No. Right. No. Because you wouldn't get to where you are today. Exactly. And, you know, you think about, like, buying the house, having a successful relationship, um, having the puppy, like, all of those things are goals that you set for yourself. Yep. And you're doing the shit out of them. I'm doing the shit out of this. So, 2020, in summary, weird fucking year. <laughs> weird fucking year. But moving on to 2021. Right. New goals, new aspirations, new things. To, I can't believe this is our last podcast of 2020. That did not. <laughs> I always have to look at a calendar. I'm not good at time and space. That's fair. Well, as of the 22nd, we won't meet again for two weeks. Which will put us into January 2021. Oh my gosh. And then we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year early. I know, right? Um, so yeah, what I wanted to kind of end the year on is relationship skills. So one of the weird things, or not weird things, I guess when you look at it, um, is in quarantine and certainly because of the pandemic, I have been getting a shit ton of requests for couples counseling. Okay. Or relationship counseling. doesn't always have to be a couple. Um, I've actually done thruples. Uh, nice. But relationship counseling has kind of been my jam since I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I wanted to do. Um, and so I formulated a, um, I guess, a, a treatment plan or treatment map mm-hmm. of how I treat couples. So like a roadmap to couple success. Absolutely. I love and that. so it's done in four sessions. Um, and so I usually, when I get a request for relationship counseling, I let them know ahead of time, this is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And even though you're coming with very specific, uh, you know, challenges or, or problems or whatever, um, this rubric of how we, I do relationship counseling tends to work, hammer it out, load them with skills, and usually, not always, but usually, um, it, it makes improvements. Yeah, it lends itself to, again, those skills. Like, Absolutely. it lends itself to, now we have skills that we can use in our relationship. So if we encounter these problems yep. over again, we, we have skills and resources in order to overcome them. Absolutely. And I think, like, people are looking for longevity um, and looking for ways to improve it. Nobody comes to couples therapy when things are great. No. Um, but it also is something to consider that it's hard to have a relationship. To be in a twosome or a threesome? Well, I think in relationship in general. Yeah. Uh, especially an intimate relationship. And you and I have talked about how, um, you know, our expectations of friendships are very, very different Absolutely. and a lot lower yeah. than our relation than our expectations of romantic partners. Absolutely. Um, which definitely changes how we talk to each other. And how we interact. Yep. And how we put those expectations on. 100%. And if we say them or not. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, if you don't <laughs> say what you expect, you're never going to get it. Well, and so that's, those are, so let me just break it down. Um, I get an initial request. Mm-hmm. Um, I get both parties to fill out paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now during, you know, COVID times, uh, everything is on video. Uh, but before that, so I look at four things 
And the reason I look at them in this way is because it helps to build those skills. Right. right. So the first thing I look at is history. How right. did you guys meet? And when you liked each other, what did that look like? Love it. Right? Um, and so part of what happens in that first discussion is people kind of connect with that nostalgia of, I used to like you as a human. I really used to like you as a human. Right. I used to get butterflies and shit my pants when I'd see you. <laughs> I liked you so much I poopied. Right? <laughs> and and so that's, it's, it's one of those things and I think... When you're in a long-term relationship, you forget mm -hmm. the reasons that you fell in love with your partner. Right. Well, because you see those reasons every day, maybe, and they're not as noticeable. Kind of that novelty fades into the background. For sure. One of the other things that happens, though, too, is people change over time. Yeah, they do. And they're supposed to. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of a normal thing. Um but we don't recognize it when we're all, like, Twitter-painted and in love. Well, and you're 24-7 with each other, and change is gradual over time. It's not like a night and day. Absolutely. You miss the forest for the trees because <laughs> you're just looking at that one fucking tree. Right. Yeah. Um, so I look at history, and we talk about um, kind of what brought people together, okay? Um, sometimes in this initial kind of appointment, uh, everybody wants to talk about the problems, and I'm like, that's fair, I get it. Like, right. there are problems, um, but we need to kind of look at the source first. Right. We need to, I need to know who you guys are. Yeah. Um, you know who each other is, or you at least had an idea or perception of that. Um, and so now I need to know what that looks like. So history is the first thing. Um, I also give homework as a therapist, but especially as uh, working in relationships. Okay. okay? Um, communication skills is pretty basic. Mm -hmm. You and I do it all the time. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think people forget, and especially when they've been in a relationship for so long, is that they don't say all the words. Yes! I will attest to this. Because okay, that was uh, if my ex-husband. I remember the last few years of our relationship, he would say something and I would just stare at him just so foreignly, like, what are you talking about? And be like, we were talking about this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure you never have said those words out loud to me. Yeah. And uh, we did. We deduced that a lot of things he thought he was saying out loud, he was just saying in his head, thinking that he had said them to me. Right. Instead of, like, being conscientious and cognitive of actual conversations and discussions. Absolutely. But it took me, like, a year to figure out that that was happening. I actually thought I was, like... Losing suffering it. from like cognitive whatever I was like I need to start taking fish oil or something because <laughs> like I'm not remembering these things and then it turns out yeah he wasn't actually saying he wasn't them. actually saying them well it's interesting because uh, my ex-husband used to say things to me because like when I would first get home like he'd have all this energy and want to share mm -hmm. all the things um but he would do it while I was watching tv oh and I had disengaged my brain when I was watching tv so I finally learned to if he was talking, mm -hmm. even if I wasn't, like, actively listening to him, I'd stop the TV and turn and look at him. Yeah, face him. Yep. And so one of the first kind of packets or papers I give is a communication skills um, thing about conflict, right? And oh. it's got, like, seven roles or six roles to communication. I have the couple pick one, each of them picking a different one, to work on it between the first session and the second session. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. That's very good. Um, I do have a communication, a, cu a couple's 
communication workshop packet. Uh -huh. If you want a copy of that, uh, email us or hit us up on Instagram. Awesome. Um, I will do all of my workshops eventually online in yeah. a Zoom fashion. I, I was going to ask you about your workshops and when yeah. you're going to bring those back. I need to do that. Um, and I want, I want to write a few more. But So I usually give them homework right up front. And when we're talking about communication, there's a couple different kinds, right? So there's verbal, right. words we're saying. Um, there's also the not out loud words, which is like texting, email, letters and notes. Right. Right. So we do a lot of texting mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. um, occasionally we'll send emails. Uh, that is probably a more contentious thing later on. Um, but certainly, um, we say when, when we express communication in a lot of words. Right. Right. But at a certain point, and especially if things aren't working, we're not saying those words out loud. We're not saying the things that need to be said. Exactly. We are using nonverbal communication, oh. which is body language. Yeah. And that um, speaks volume sometimes. 100%. Turn away from me. Eye roll. Make me pout. Right. Or make nobody, me nobody feel makes sad. you pout. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, giving a finger, yeah. pointing, pointing with your lips. Uh, <laughs> Where is that? Over there. I can't tell. You have a really little bottom lip. What direction is that going? <laughs> Um, so that definitely with breath, mm -hmm. size, grunts, huffs, yeah. uh, distance, mm -hmm. right? If you're not really spending time sitting next to each other or touching or talking, uh, time. If you're not spending time together, that is a nonverbal communication. Yep. Um, and then just withdrawal, mm -hmm. right? Shutting down. Yep. Right? All of those things are ways that we communicate. Yeah. So the next session after the history session mm -hmm. is looking at communication. How do you guys talk to each other? Right. Right. And so that's when we're looking at these language things. Mm -hmm. That's when we're looking at what are your nonverbals. Mm -hmm. um, and usually um, one of the things that happens is if it's really toxic right up front, I have no objection saying, you know what? I don't think this is going to save you. Just because it's so toxic. Yes. And you're so confrontational in your approach right. to couples that you're like, yeah, I, 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 I will. And I tell shut them it that down. in the, in the initial session, if I feel like this intervention and these tools will not help you, I'm going to be really honest and tell you that. Good. Um, because I don't think that it's helpful. Some therapists, not all, uh, will continue to engage over and over and over again because we get paid to do that. Yeah. I don't want to take your money to watch this fail. Yeah. You want to see successes. You're in this to help people. Absolutely. Um, and I have worked with couples to separate amicably. Nice. Um, and these skills actually still work with that. That's awesome. Especially if they have children, if they have, um, you know, if, if they're working on remaining or, or salvaging whatever's left of the relationship, even if they're not together. Right. So... The communication piece is significant. Oh, it's huge. I know when someone's not, or when someone's upset with me, all by their nonverbals. Absolutely. I mean, I'm incredibly observant and empathic of that. And I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling your energy and you're upset with me. I'm not really sure what I did or what right. you're upset about or how I hurt your feelings. But I'm feeling it all in how you're breathing, you're sighing, 
you're leaning away instead of towards. Right. And I mean, even they talk about talking about that, the Love Lab, mm-hmm. you know, looks at, and you know, who is it, Gary? Gottman. Gottman, John there Gottman. you go. John Gottman. See, I gotta start studying for that NCE. So John <laughs> Gottman and his Love Lab, that's one of the big indicators. They can put these two people in a room and then they watch like the nonverbals and they're not even listening to the words. They're watching the nonverbals of these people do something and when they walk out, they're like, yeah, your marriage is gonna last until you die. Or they're like, nope, you're doomed forever. Right, and there are four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse, um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Um, but there are a lot of ways of looking at um, the nonverbals or, or the verbals, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of uh, huffing, you know, yeah. or eye rolling, yeah. or... Um, dismissive. I, absolutely. It's dismissive behaviors. So I watch... Um, I watch all of that, mm-hmm. and then I also watch um, how they're interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if somebody is telling a story and the other one interrupts or is shaking their head or, you know, crossing their arms over their chest, I will stop that and mm-hmm. be like, okay, tell me what's happening. There's a feeling happening. What's going on there? Right. Um, if there's a lot of crosstalk, I will shut that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are talking specifically about communication skills in that process, right? right. So we're doing history first, then communication. Um, the next piece is conflict. Mm. Uh, did anybody ever teach you how to have healthy conflict? No, and I didn't observe it growing up either. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to learn that one in therapy. Okay. Uh, t- uh, two years before my divorce. <laughs> Fair. Healthy conflict, right? right? To try to salvage my relationship. Because there was a lot of conflict. And I was like, well, apparently I don't know how to fight fair. I don't know how to manage conflict. Absolutely. I don't know how to manage any of this. Well, any skills. And and looking at conflict is totally natural. Yeah. We can't it actually happens and we need to know how to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. Where do we learn conflict? From our families. Right? Our initial relationships, our yep. parents. Um, and usually our conflict style is either aligned with one of our parents mm-hmm. or the opposite of what we grew up watching, mm-hmm. which is not always better. No, because those are very, can be very extreme things in families. Absolutely. Okay, I have a very explosive parent, yep. and then I actually have a very passive, like, shut down parent. Right. And then I picked which one was going to be my conflict style. And that was not serving me through my life. <laughs> and so which one did you align with? Well, at first I went explosive for okay. five years. Okay. And then I went, like, just passive, whatever, shut down, yep. all that. And that wasn't really work. That style didn't really work either. Yep. So, yeah, explosive. When you're getting screamed at, you can't even think. So that's not good. That's just scary, and that causes a lot of defense, and that's not, it's just not, it's a scary situation. Absolutely. But then also, too, then being on the, you know, passive, shut down, there's no resolution there either. So then that's internal discord that you're continuing to carry around and then perpetuate that with anxiety because this, you're never heard and you never have a resolution. Well, the other thing that happens with conflict specifically and confrontation is there's a fear, mm-hmm. right? And the fear is generally going to be abandonment mm-hmm. or loss, yeah. which those They're two are the same. same. Thing. Absolutely. And so if you have witnessed a highly explosive confrontation in your family of origin or, you know, 
watching your friends or whatever, you're going to want to avoid that. Yeah. Because that can potentially be a shit show. Oh, yeah. And I could lose the person that I'm closest to or the person that I want to hold on to the most. Right. The shitty part about shutting down is you're not actually coming to resolution. Right. And the point of conflict is to come to resolution. Right. Right? It's, it's to be able to fix whatever's not working. Right. Have you ever seen a couple who is so good at, like, problem solving and teamwork? I've seen it in action. Okay. I don't know if it's that's their, like, 100%, but I've seen it, like, doing, like, game nights and stuff like that. I'm like, damn, Fair. you guys are all on this shit together. You got that all built. And How does that, what does that communication look like? It's very clear. Okay. Very clear and very direct. But also, I need there... you to do this, please. Yes. And there's gratitude in it. Absolutely. But there's also sometimes some uh, intuitive communication, right? They can, like, read each other. Well, they're reading each other's body and then the words and the things, and it's, like, this beautiful dance and Absolutely. of unity. Absolutely. you're just like, whoa. And I think when I think of teamwork, I think of, like, two humans coming together for a common goal. Yeah. Right? And so, hey, let's move all this furniture and, you know, or even let's do the housework together. Right. Right? And so there's a division of labor. There's all this stuff that has to be worked out. Right. Not anyone can intuit things, right? So we're doing history. We're doing communication. We're doing conflict. The next step is asking for your needs. You look like your mind is blown right now. Okay. Well, because you have to have all of those things in order to be able to ask for your needs. And I see now your curriculum and, and the build up to that. Yeah. Because asking for what your needs is kind of one of the scariest things, can be one of the scariest things because again, you're saying this is what I need and you're putting yourself in a vulnerable place yep. and you're very vulnerable and you could be told no and yep. then you're abandoned in your needs. Yep. And well, that's sadness. And, and also like if you already feel like our conflict sucks. We are fighting all the time. Yeah. We don't come to resolution. Right. Our communication sucks because I'm saying a thing and you're not hearing the thing that I'm saying or you're not saying a thing and I don't understand what to do with that. Right. Then the last thing I'm going to know how to do is to ask for my needs. Right. The last thing I'm going to feel safe doing is asking for my needs. That's why I don't start there. Right. We got to build up some skills to get there. That's awesome. I like this curriculum. Well, and asking for your needs is... It's, you're vulnerable and it's 100%. hard. And if you already have conflict, you're already vulnerable because you're already not feeling top notch or confident. Exactly. And saying what your needs are. And then sometimes you're so, you don't feel very good. So you don't even know what your fucking needs are. You're fighting right. for something. You know there's a well in you that's needing to be filled and you don't, can't even say, this is what needs to fill that well. Well, not only that, but we've talked about, especially in our codependency work, mm -hmm. that sometimes people will just become their partner. Yeah. And so they lose all themselves. They mm -hmm. lose their needs. They lose anything that identifies them as their own individual. Yeah. Because they've just glommed on to the other person and they'll like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. We're just going to do everything together and it's always going to be what you want to do. Exactly. Which builds resentment. And then I shut down and I don't communicate and blah, blah, blah. So many things. Right. Right. And then we go down that rabbit hole again. Exactly. So... When we are talking about asking for our needs, I use the example of, like, if you go, you are very particular about your Starbucks order, yes? I'm particular about a lot of things, too. Fair enough. Um, 
if you don't go to the same Starbucks over and over, how do you communicate to the individual who's taking the order what you need? Uh, I tell them step by step exactly what I want. And what is that? I would like a medium, because I don't know those ounces or grandes or whatever. <laughs> I don't speak your language. Right. Uh, I want a grande latte with heavy whipping cream. Okay. No sugar. Okay. Please put butter in there. Okay. And what kind of look do you generally get when asking for all of that? Well, usually it's in the drive-thru, but I can feel it, and it's like, ooh. And I've experienced it, too, <laughs> because I've been in there, and the person was like, they want butter in their coffee? Okay. And I was like, I'm right here. Right. And then the other person was like, oh, oh pregnant ladies sometimes just need extra calories. And I was like, I'm not pregnant. It was a very <laughs> fun situation. Right. But, yeah, no, the face. Fair. And you have gotten very comfortable with asking for your coffee that way because that's how you like it. That's how I like it. That's how I want it. And that's why I'm there. And you're paying for it. And, and it's fine. It. Exactly. Right. So we take the mystery and guess out of it. Yeah. Because they're not going to know. No. Unless you go there all the time. Right. And, and even then, when you do go there all the time, there's a new person. Sure. And see, so it's just cool. We got to walk through the same steps over and over and over. And that's fine because that's what I want. But the emotional stakes are pretty low. Yeah. Fair. When you have, and I'll use myself as an example, when I have had an emotional need, mm -hmm. for example, I like cuddles. Yes. And I don't always know if I'm going to get the cuddles. Oh, yeah. I have learned to intuit if the other person is in a receiving mood to then ask for cuddles. If they are not, then I don't and I just don't get them. Aww. Yeah, but... I've learned how to do that. Right. Um, I have gotten better mm -hmm. at kind of saying up front, because I'm still in the dating pool, uh, cuddles are important to me. Right. I'm, I'm setting the expectation. There you, you're demystifying it. <laughs> I'm normalizing the fact that affection is one of my love languages, right. and anxious and avoidant are my attachment styles. Right. I'm there. This is who <laughs> I is. Take me as I am. And if they understand the English words I just said, then they have more information to then approach me in a way that's probably going to work for both of us. Right. Right? Well, yeah. You have been very clear about what your needs are. Yes. Now, I wasn't always like that. Right. I was very Cody, mm -hmm. and I would just kind of glom on to, no, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want, mm -hmm. and lost all of my power in that relationship. Right. Okay. I also built a lot of resentment. I was very angry. I uh, very much conflicts like my mom, which is yelling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or stomping around or just acting like a general bitch. <laughs> uh, not helpful. Not helpful. Right. Can be scary. A 100%. Um, and so those are things that when I'm working with, uh, in, within a relationship, uh, teaching them that oftentimes, even though it's cute when we can intuit what the other person needs, mm -hmm. it's difficult when the other person doesn't necessarily know what they need. Right. One of the first kind of skills when we get to the needs place is recognizing that your partner may have had a tough day at work. Mm -hmm. They may have gotten yelled at by their boss. They may have had a shitty interaction with a customer. They may have gotten cut off in traffic. Right. Right. None of that has anything to do with their partner. Right. But if they don't say to their partner ahead of time, hey, babe, 
I've had a shitty day. Right. I may need some space mm-hmm. before you hit me with, did you get the garage door open? And did you, you know, finish homework with so-and-so and... Why didn't you put the laundry in the dryer? Oh, right. And you didn't unload the dishwasher this morning that you said you were going to. And right. the cat doesn't have any food. <sighs> Hard. Ah. Right? Yeah. I just got yelled at by my boss and cut off in traffic. I'm having a fucking shitty day. Exactly. But you have to say that. Exactly. In one form or another or your partner does not know. You have to inform them. You have to check in. You have to let them know. Hey, I had a real shit show of a day when I get home. I need 20 minutes in the bedroom just to lay on the bed and stare at the ceiling fan. Right. But I love you and this does not mean I don't love you, but I just need it. Right. The end. And so once you know how to do that, then the other person, though they have a laundry list of their own, yeah. can say, all right, I can give you 20 minutes. All right, babe, you that stare works. at that ceiling fan hard and long and meditate out. Or, and I'll see or you meet them at the door with a snack-sized Snickers Aww. and go, here's some sugar and some fat and go stare at the ceiling fan. When you're done, come and tell me about your day. Right. Let right. me know. You do you. Exactly. Until you feel like you again. Because you probably don't feel like you. Especially because when you're home, that should be your sanctuary. Absolutely. But when it feels like a hostile environment, mm-hmm. because my partner's not talking to me, or we're constantly fighting about stupid shit, right. or big shit, right. or I don't know... Well, we're just running and managing a home. Right. It's hard, and it's a lot of work. Yes. And in, and if you're in a partnership, you guys are doing it together. You know, hopefully you're doing it together and, you know, and supporting one another in that. But it's hard. Well, and then there's a lot of other compounded things that make being in relationship challenging. Yes. Health issues. Yes. Blended families. Yes. Parents. Oof. Right? Yeah. Financial crisis. Yeah. All of these things lend itself to... Breakdowns in communication, mm-hmm. high conflict, mm-hmm. nobody's getting their needs met. Right. And these are usually humans who really liked each other at the beginning. They really, they liked each other so much they coupled up and sometimes made babies together. Right. They were like, we love each other so much, let's make clones of ourselves. Weird. And then buy a house together and run that house and get pets and make a yard and a yes. garden. And they built a whole life together because they did really and still probably do really love each other. And appreciate one another. Yes. So you just have to get back to that. Well, and and part of it is looking through new eyes at who you've become. Because even though you and I met 5, 7, 12 years ago. Right. I didn't realize that your likes have changed. Right. I didn't realize that after our second baby, you started to have self-esteem issues. Right, you didn't feel good about your body and kind of shut down a little bit about being sexual. Right. I didn't know that. Exactly. I just thought you didn't like me anymore. Yes. I just thought you were really stressed out and didn't even like me. I didn't realize that after our wedding, when we were supposed to soup, you know, be really in this love space, we stopped talking to each other. Right. We stopped having date nights because now we're married and, you know, we have to run a household and, oh yeah, we had a baby and your mom got sick and I don't remember the last time I had a conversation with you. And that I sat down and had a cup of coffee with you right. and we just talked about stuff other than all the negative and all the hard things. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that happens though, sometimes, is once we get into a relationship, we get comfortable. Yeah. 
We stop working at it. You take it for granted. Because it's just going to be there every day, right? Right? I mean, yeah. Right? Like, you okay. live in my house and I live in your house and we're here all the time and we don't miss each other and so I'm just not going to put the effort in. I'm just not going to initiate sex. I'm just not going to initiate date night because we're always together. We don't need to go out on dates. I'm going to stop taking the trash out and because every time you yell at me to do it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be resentful right. and not do it. I'm going to get passive aggressive on your ass. One of the first things that stops happening is people stop saying... Very basic pleasantries. Like, hi, good morning, thank you. Thanks for making me that coffee, babe. Thank Uh, you for taking out the garbage. You know that breakfast you made the other day? I'm still thinking about it, and it was really good, and I really appreciate that. I love when you touch my butt and I walk by. Right, it makes me feel really loved. I love when you put my coffee out in the morning. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I was missing it, and I realized I hadn't thanked you. Right? Or send a text message. Hey, thanks so much for throwing that clothes in the dryer that I totally forgot. I'm not going to have skanky, dirty underwear anymore. Absolutely. You're the best. And I'm going to pinch your butt later. Stop doing that. Yeah. We stop appreci- appreciating verbally. Maybe we appreciate inside. Sure. You know that I love you. Right? Why wouldn't you think I love you? Well, because you never say it. But I come home every day. That's awesome. You come home and you never say it. Right. These are things, these are actual things that people have said in relationship therapy. And the challenging piece is that we don't ever want to be that. No, you don't get married or couple up thinking, cool, I can't wait for this shit show rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to like ignore you. I can't wait till we fucking hate each other or think (laughs) we fucking hate each other. It's going to be so great. I can't wait until someone distracts me enough that... I end up having an affair mm-hmm. and break your heart. And I hurt you for a very long time. And, and our make... children and our families and all of those things. Right. Because here's what I know to be true about infidelity. And you guys have heard me talk about having an open marriage, having, you know, a lot of sex, all the things. Infidelity is not necessarily about penis vagina. It's not about the or sex. Or penis, penis, or whatever you do. Um, it's not about the sex. It's not. It's not about the act of the actual sex. And the people who have been cheated on are not, I mean, they might be bugged about the sex, but they're not bugged about that. They're bugged about the betrayal. Yeah, the emotional, the emotion, the emotional trauma of that. Absolutely. It's traumatizing. And the, the traumatizing piece is, especially if they just kind of find out in a weird way, mm-hmm. not by going and looking in somebody's phone, which I do not encourage, yeah. um, is that the person that they loved and trusted and have built a life with and a home with didn't say they weren't happy. Right. They, they didn't say, I am not getting my needs met. I miss having the things that we... Used to have because we liked each other. Right. Now that, that, everybody does that differently. Yeah. But you can work past it. Mm-hmm. If it's an isolated incident. Right. If it's an ongoing chronic problem. Right. There are bigger issues. Well, it's a ch- I, I think if it's a chronic issue, and this is just not from a clinical sense, just my perspective, is if it's a chronic ongoing issue, your partner's needs really are not being met by you, and it's just... 
That's or they have unrealistic expectations of the partner they're with. That's true, and those ch- expectations changed as you grew and changed over time. Absolutely. And again, you never they never said anything, and it was never communicated. Because now, five years later, I'm a different person, especially if you meet when, you know, you're really young. Think about those couples that are together at 18. In high school, or, yeah. You know, they graduate from high school, they go to college together, or they start the workforce together, then they buy the house together, and they go through the life together. There is so much human development that's still happening between the age of 18 and 30. Absolutely. Like your brain is still growing, you're still changing, and your personality development is still happening. Your t- values aren't solid. Like you haven't figured out all the things that you like and don't like and all of that all of that stuff. You coming into the world. But the other thing that also happens over time in relationship is you have different experiences. Mm-hmm. And those experiences form who you are and how you think. Yep. And if you are starting to recognize I lost that part of myself that was fun. Right. I lost that part of myself that was adventurous. Right. You started to focus on work and you weren't present. Right. And so then I developed other friendships. I developed other interests. I started doing things on my own and you and I don't really know each other anymore. Yeah, that was my marriage. That was my marriage. Fair, that was mine too. And so those are the other things that kind of come out in talking in front of a stranger about your most intimate stuff. But that stranger can pull those things out and see it. You're not going to, as a therapist, put a mirror up and be like, here, learn it yourselves, people. (laughs) Because they're not seeing it. You're there to reflect it back to them and say, these are the things I'm seeing. These are the things that I'm hearing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. And you're probably not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes, but shouldn't I, I, we went, Bill and I went to couples therapy, um, for, for several years, um, on and off. Anyway, um, part of why I wanted to have this, this conversation right. is to highlight that those are the things that happen in the, in the lifespan of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And when you are talking in front of a stranger about these things, the, the interesting part is that you can get skills to repair it. You can get skills to fix it and make it better. Right. Um, you can also get the awareness that it's probably just not going to work. Right. And I have learned how to gracefully, not always, but sometimes, gracefully pull out of something that isn't going to work. Right. Um, and that, that takes... It takes time, it takes skill, it takes all of those things. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about resources, uh, just because I think it's important. So, we did talk about John Gottman and um, the four, it's called the Four Horsemen. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Gottman's Four four Horsemen of the Apocalypse regarding relationship. Uh, Criticism is one of them. Uh, Attacking your partner personally or their character usually with the intent of making someone right or making someone wrong. Uh, contempt. So just being rude and, mm-hmm. and disrespectful. And they thought for a long time that was actually just the one that was the, the tell of a relationship success. If it was con- if there was contempt within it, they were like, nope, you're a no-go. Right. Because animosity and anger are such a deep, deep, deep-rooted thing. Absolutely. And one of those things is, is boundaries, and, and we talk about that. Uh, defensiveness. So not, not owning your part, but always feeling 
uh, like you're the victim or perceiving the attack or, or making excuses, uh, cross complaining and well you do this and I do, you know, right. this is what happened. Tip for tatting it. Absolutely. Uh, yes, budding. Um, and stonewalling, so shutting down completely. Right. Um, there are remedies to these things, but if you see that in your relationship, by the way, I don't have any spots until February, and at this point, maybe not until March. So there are lots of great couples and, and relationship therapists out there. I'm just putting out this information. Um, but those are things to pay attention to. Uh, the communication skills, it's called Six Steps to Great Communication. Uh, by Cynthia Hansen. I use this all the time mm -hmm. in my communication, um, in my couples uh, and, and relationship counseling. Um, the six steps or the six things, the six skills to work on. Uh, becoming an active listener. Mm -hmm. um, complaining without blame, which is challenging. Mm -hmm. Owning your own part and yep. taking accountability. Uh, forgetting the past, we have to let go of what happened before now. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's hard to move on. Absolutely. Uh, taking a time out. And so in relationships, uh, especially in couple relationships, there's usually an aggressor, somebody who's like, but I want to talk about this, but we need to figure it out. We've got to fix it right now. And then there's a retreater who like shuts down and goes away. And maybe they're a slower processor and they have yeah. to think about things. Um, I have been both. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, I'm definitely more the retreater and I need to stop and think about it. Right. I can come back and process with you, but I need to take a time out. Right. Um, and then show your gratitude. Yeah. Right? So these are six great steps. I have continuously used this particular um, worksheet uh, because it's helpful. Yeah, that is really helpful. All of those are really, really, really important. Absolutely. And you, and you load up with skills. So um, these are things that I'm very proud of in, in my couple's work. Um, and so asking for your needs is difficult, but once you learn how to do that, um, within the workshop I have talked about and have questions um, to kind of self-identify, like, is intimacy an issue? Is there intimacy outside of sex? Mm -hmm. um, how are we connecting, right? Right. Are we really that busy? Right. Can you designate 30 minutes in your very, very busy day sure. to your partner? And is the problem in the bedroom? I have always encouraged couples not to talk about sex when they are having sex. You've Just said like, that before, yeah. too. Don't talk about parenting when you're parenting. Don't talk about your relationship when you're arguing. When you're in a massive fight. Absolutely. Because you will not find solutions. It's well, super hard. <laughs> not only that, but you're creating more damage. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of my couple's spiel in a nutshell. I love it. I also recommend The Love Languages. 100%. That I, is a book I always recommend. That has been like a huge game changer in not just my life, but, but, life, but also listening to like my friends. Mm -hmm. And being like, okay, well, how is this? Because I'm like, oh, it sounds like your love language is this. And it sounds like your partner's not doing that. But did they do that? They must have done it initially. Sure. So how do we get back to that? Yep. Because I do free relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, philanthropic. I mean, I think the love languages, we've talked a lot about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely it's super helpful. Um, you know, attachment style is also really important. Yes. Um, but it, I think it doesn't hurt to go and talk to someone and get somebody else's perspective Absolutely. on a relationship. That being said, my, um, my work is, I love my work. I think I do it great. Um, I have had lots of positive feedback, 
but my own relationship communication is always a work in progress um, because I can stand outside of a relationship and see the challenges. It's very different to stand in a relationship and see my own flaws. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I'm working on it all the time. Um, but I, I am grateful that uh, part of my work as a relationship coach or a skills teacher or someone who's a, you know, a very skilled listener is also learning. Mm -hmm. um, because the human condition, though is broad and general, is very individual to the people that I work with. Yeah. And I learn a lot from them. I'm super grateful for people who take that um, first step in wanting to get another perspective to do it differently. Well, you have to be so brave to do that because it's scary to say this isn't working. Yeah. We need help. Yeah. And we need to find help. And that's going to be a stranger listening to everything about us. When we're like this twosome or threesome or foursome, whatever, this is always just between us. Right. And we're going to bring somebody else into this fold. And this is going to be a process. Yep. And we're going to be real vulnerable together. And I talk about the fact that when I do relationship counseling or therapy, uh, the relationship is my client. Mm -hmm. The individual's are their own entity mm-hmm. but how are we going to work on on rebuilding and healing the relationship and so that's a big thing that I often say um, but like I said I will tell I will tell people I'm not gonna be able to fix this mm-hmm. like this is not um, this is not something that I have the skills to be able to do right and I think 2020 has been a big tell of relationships 100% I think it has been a it's been a hard year on some relationships and it's been an enlightening year in some relationships mm-hmm. and the way that people are navigating through that and being quarantined together 24/7 especially because you you have to look at who you partnered with right and see their changes or see their challenges or or recognize Ugh, I don't actually like you right cuz you can't just Go to work, get home from work, go to the gym, come home, shower. Sure. Go out with your friends, go to the bar, go to mommy play date, go or do, do whatever. Or have dinner together right. because that's such a short amount of time. When I haven't had dinner with you, we haven't had a conversation, I didn't realize that your opinions, your values, your who you are and how you show up is not the same as who we were when we were 25. Right, because there's no distractions anymore. You guys are together eating dinner every night because all the restaurants are closed. It's very enlightening. It is, 100%. All right, that's our time. Is that our time? (laughs) What a dynamic conversation we were having. You want a two-hour end-of-the-year special? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking time out of your day or doing something while you're listening to us. We appreciate all of our listeners, all of our new listeners, all of our seasoned listeners. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has made X to the Zennial what it is. Much gratitude, much gratitude. Appreciate it. Enter into the new year safe. Yes. Um, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing to flatten our curve and change our numbers so that we can get back to the lives that we love. Awesome. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, if you have questions, I've gotten great feedback. So we want to get different voices, different perspectives. 
um, I think oftentimes you and I very much agree with each other mm -hmm. and come from the same place. Um, so it would be nice to have an alternative perspective. Absolutely. Uh, respectfully. Um, but if you want to be on the podcast, if there's something you want to hear, reach out to us, X, the letter X, the number two, T-H-E-X-E-N-N-I-A-L at gmail.com or X to the Zennial underscore podcast on Instagram, Luna X2, you can find us there. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of 2020. 2021 is on its way. Bye.